Hey, you dorks, this is Gunnar Hansen, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you are listening to The Dorkening. Hi, I'm Brian Johnson, and although you probably accidentally stumbled across it and have no idea why you're watching it, you are in fact watching The Dorkening. Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor, uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. You're watching The Dorkening. And you know what? You don't like me when I get angry, so don't get me angry. You better keep watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, and you're watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, it's Courtney Palm. We're shooting Death House, and you're watching The Dorkening. This is Anthony Michael Hall, and you're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned, my friends are going to show you what entertainment's all about, baby. The Dorkening. <laughs> and we are, well, not live, but we're here, and uh, it is episode 24 of the loudest sports show ladies and gentlemen so welcome Manny ramirez edition yes we are brought to you by the dorkening hour and sponsored by deadly grounds coffee i am your host patsy the angry nerd and joining me uh slightly off camera is slashes the ice queen hello here for uh those of you watching on the uh on the uh, telecast here, the uh, YouTubes, you can see that we have with us today from It's Go Time with Jay and James, it's the guy who's not Jay. That would be me. I'm the not Jay. <laughs> How you doing today, buddy? It's your first time on the show. I know. Thank you very much for having uh, having me on the show. I know we you were on our show this past week, so yeah, uh, return the favor. Um, you know, and we've talked about you know kind of doing more as we are the two technically the two sports shows on the network. You know, more cross promotion to help us. You know, because you are the loudest. We are the more quiet, subdued group. Um, yeah. As we're the ghost. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so I'm just happy. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad we can talk about some stuff that Jay doesn't like, like baseball and hockey. Uh, so nothing against Jay on that part, but I'm trying to get him to watch hockey. I only can watch so much basketball uh, without me pulling out my hair. So, And you, yeah, you're in the same boat as me. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I don't got much left. So I start pulling out nose hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we uh we're going to be discussing all of that good stuff from hockey to baseball to football uh, even though there's not much left to uh to uh, what's the other one basketball i knew there was a fourth one but first we're going to start with our uh, our usual opening face-off question so our opening face-off question today is uh and i'll start with you james uh which athlete has the best nickname uh, I have to say it's Randy Johnson. Yeah, that's because uh, after baseball, he got into porn and he was able to keep the same name. Uh, the big unit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what happened in a close you- second. In a close second would be Frank. Uh, Frank Thomas, the big hurt. Well, you know, first one, then the other. Uh, Slashes, who? Who, uh, who who has your uh, I, and I knew going into this I knew who you're gonna pick. Hold on, let me let me grab the Funko. This is riveting radio. It is riveting. I know, right? So you can hold this up in front of the camera when you're ready, because I know that's who you're gonna pick. 
It's Mookie. Mark, oh, poor Mookie. I love Mookie so much, and I'm really sad that he's not a Red Sox. A, a Red Sox. Not a member of the Red Sox anymore. He's not a Red Sox anymore, and that makes me sad because we like him. We like him a lot. We like him so much that we adopted him without him even knowing it. Yeah, uh, a lot of folks don't realize, including Mookie, that uh, we are his adoptive parents. Yeah, I know he has real parents that love him, but we adopted him, and for a f- you know the the few years that he was with the Red Sox, we would go to games and we would cheer him on, and we'd be like, "That's our son! Go, Mookie! You're doing so." good yo and patrick would be like oh i taught him i taught him how to do that it's a little different from how i taught him but still pretty good still pretty good i always feel love you so much and it's funny because our friends were in on the joke too and so they would be like oh hey your son played really well last night i'd be like yeah we're so proud of him and then he allowed himself to be traded well he didn't allow it like he was traded he was traded so what what was interesting? I always felt like I always felt like saying Mookie by itself was always like a bad word. Like I was gonna get in trouble for it. Being <laughs> like if I say they're on the wrong company and they didn't know I was talking about baseball, they're gonna be like, What'd you say? Horatio J. Mookington. <laughs> the third. So Mookie is a nickname that he entered um major league baseball yeah, marcus with. lynn so i mean name. like so i think like it kind of counts as a nickname. Of course it you know, counts. but but 100%. my favorite earned nickname like athlete who earned a nickname while playing is mario lemuse god i can't even talk right now mario lemuse super mario oh i mean that one's lazy i think that's a lazy nickname think think about a lot of these nicknames they're they're like wayne gretzky's the great one oh you just took mine I was gonna because really? it's so it's so succinct <laughs> and it's so perfect. But it's so boring. It's so lame. But like, it's it's boring. But it's like you sum him up in just those three words: the great one. At least the like what what are the the anacronym. Acronym? An acronym. Acronym. That's a word. At least the acronym doesn't spell out an animal. That's true. Yes. Well, I was going to say I, another good one too is for the hockey is Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe. Like that yeah. is synonymous. Like, and yeah. I think that's what the great thing about some of these names, some of the some of the greatest players, you have a lot of these great nicknames. It just boils down to that's who they were. You know, the mm-hmm. great Bambino, um, or October, yeah, and yeah, Mr. October. You know, obviously Mr. November, Reggie Jackson first, yes. And then Senior Octubre, David Ortiz, because, you know, he's like the most clutch, uh, you know, baseball player of all time, maybe the most clutch athlete. So and don't come at me with your well, what about Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Brady relied on kickers three times and one time it was a blowout. So don't give me that. Oh, Brady. You know, Brady's three great. Times. He's got his no, seven no, twice. What about uh? Can, uh the uh, the um, it was the Panthers too, right? Yeah, so it's the Panthers. The, the first Rams game were field goals, and the 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 ball the the first Phillies game in Jacksonville where they won back to back. They were up ten points when they went before. Okay. They were up by ten, and then Phillies. I'm trying to remember what he did, but he's never li- he's never led a game winning touchdown like thrown a game winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Nope, because it was a pitch in the uh, Super Bowl Fifty One. Yeah, with the it was a it was a handoff. It was a running play, and it was 
field goals and well technically no yeah well yes and no because the seattle game was he was it was a go-ahead touchdown pass to like technically if we're we're calling a spade a spade that was the last point scored and it was the game winner yeah i'll Hmm. give it i'll give it that but 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 it wasn't the play that won the game put it that way Right. It wasn't the game winning play because Seattle went right down the field and had Carroll taken his head out of his ass. Yeah. It's called Halo. You know, we just we figured it would be out there and yeah, we were in practice and we, you know, <laughs> it's Halo. We're going to throw in. We're going to we're going to see what happens. You know, the play just wasn't there. And, uh, you know, there's no one there to fault herself. But, you know, it, you know, hey, that's why you play the game. You got to you got to well, keep we going. We didn't want Marshawn to get uh, MVP of the Super Bowl. So we decided to throw it instead. Because we're fucking stupid, but and yeah, they, and they haven't been heard from since. Nope. Well, unless you count the Chad Wheeler thing, which mm. I totally do, and uh, we can get into that a little later. But Ooh. yeah, big there, market tease. There are some great sport nicknames like the Fridge. You know, and who the hell is the Fridge? William the Perry. Harry. He played for the uh, eighty-five Bears. He scored. Was he a, a defenseman? Is that he why was a defensive player? That yes, he was defensive. Like a line. Okay, number seventy-two. He was huge. They actually put him in in a goal line situation and let him score a touchdown. But Walter Payton didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, but the Fridge did. Uh, Mongo McMichael. Um. You know, another another Bears player, Steve McMichael, they called him Mongo after the uh, character from uh, Blazing Saddles. They uh, let's see who else. Uh, Snacks Harrison, uh, another big, huge defensive Is it because he likes to eat. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there was a guy, uh, Don Magikowski. They called him the magic man. He wasn't very good, but he had not really magical. Jerome Bettis, the mailman. You had um, Car- you had Carl Malone, the mailman, the mailman, and uh, I remember Scotty Pippen used used that nickname to taunt him in the uh, I think it was a ninety it was either the ninety five or the ninety six uh, or ninety seven or ninety eight championship I think it was a ninety seven the first time they played the Bulls and Malone was getting ready to shoot a couple of free throws and Scotty Pippen comes over to him and goes mailman don't deliver on Sundays and Malone missed both free throws because Scotty Pippen got into his head. Oh, Scotty Pippen. It's like, wow, that's what, oh, that's terrible. Uh, well, you got, you got uh, the Greek freak, which I think is, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that. Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, you know, they had Javon curse was known as just the freak because he was like one of those, one of the first defensive linemen when he played for the Titans, he was just so goddamn fast. Like he was faster than some of the running backs. And he was just a monster. Nobody could well, block Javon Kurt, with Javon Curse, you said, right? Yeah. Because he was just so fast. He was just so fast. Uh, prime well, time. Because, well, in the recent, recent history, I feel like the nickname is more of a branding tool nowadays than it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hashtag beast mode. Yeah. It's, Hashtag it's, let Russ cook. Well, it's because even if you look at like the great one, Wayne Gretzky didn't get that moniker till after the major the bulk of his career was done. Right. Like, you know, he earned that moniker. It just he did just didn't make it up and was given that. So I always think that's it's interesting how that nickname has changed in sports over time. 
Um, because I'm trying to think like you have Mookie, you have like Petey, like that was that's a nickname from Troy, like you know, and it's like yeah, it's just like you know, you, what, what would you JD Martinez? What's his nickname? Yeah, nothing. JD. Yeah, like you know, all you know, ju- uh, uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, I don't like you know, uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, you'll see it more in the 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 sports where the guys are, you know, especially basketball. Well, I was gonna say bas- basketball more because you know these guys. Um, and we talked about this last week when we discussed the all-star game. So many guys are just out there for their brand and like, you know, Oh my, you know, like TB 12. Well, I mean, it's or- to the point where some of these guys give themselves nicknames, which I think is stupid because I think a nickname needs it's earned. It's bestowed upon you. It's it has like- something to do with, you know, your your playing style, either you know, uh, on the field during a game or, your physical or in practice, like or Bryant, big you know, maybe reads. it's it's an inside joke between you and your teammates, you know, and that story is told and and catches on, and people you know say Pasta. something. Yeah, but I mean, like, but, I mean, that's I'm a sure. hockey nickname, like every you know, Marshy and Bergie and Pasta and Kretsch yeah, but and... but those aren't like you know nickname, like we don't Shorzy. call. Yeah, we, we don't refer to, you know, Patrice Bergeron as like the great white hope, you know, no instead one, of like the no great white does. north. No one because no he's one from Canada. Do no, you no. get it? No, no, just me. Yeah, just you. Okay. Um, or like, you know, the you know, call him like, you know, it's the Canadian goose. No, you're trying way too hard. Well, I'm, the, what I'm saying, like that, that kind of makes it stupid. Like it's stupid, like because they haven't really. I don't know. Like I, I mean, but, but, but I feel like it's only like, like what, what Patsy said. It's only in basketball, hockey. I always feel like the nickname at hockey either comes back in like a random press conference, like after a game, being like, "Hey, post," like "Hey, pot," like, and it kind of gets out there like generic. Yeah, yeah, the nicknames usually have something Ovi. to do with their with their their you know last name, or it's something that's given to them after the fact. So like the Gretzky, kid, like certain yeah. fucking point. Did so much by the time he was like twenty three, he had already had you know like a, a gold medal and a fucking Stanley Cup by the time he was twenty three. You know he had been like Con Smythe, you know. So like, oh, it's Sid the kid, which makes sense. But you know 100%. when it when it's you know. It's usually like what you know. Where you're talking about hockey, like, oh, it's Bergie, it's Pasta, it's Marshy. Like those are their nicknames because it's just that's their name. That's what they were, you know, as they grew up. Like, you know, uh, Campbell. Uh, why can't I think of his first name? Gregory. I was gonna call him Glenn. That's totally not the right guy. Uh, Greg Campbell. They called him Soup. Soups. Yeah, Soup or Soupy because Campbell. Like, usually it's whatever your last name or your first name, like Ovechkin is Ovi and everyone knows who you're talking about, you know, and it's not like a ridiculous name, like, Oh, yeah, see, I'm King James. But the thing with oh, hockey oh, though, is sometimes so. you're, you're known more for the line that you're on, you know, like not now it's a little. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say King James, I think was from like sports illustrated though. Yeah. Which is dumb. But uh, I, if you're, if you have any humility whatsoever, you're like, yeah, um, I'm not going to start calling myself that when I'm 18 and 19 and use that name all the time. It's like, yeah, I'm King James. It's like, yeah, no, you're not. You haven't something first. Go and, play the Celtics get beat in that and get beaten the get beaten the rounds against the Celtics. Yeah, and that was what 07, 08, 
yeah. Oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. What you're saying is um about um you know the hockey lines, you know, like I remember you know, the, there was the Broad Street Bullies, which was just mm-hmm. you know, the Phillies. I mean the Flyers. Philly Flyers. Big bad Bruins. The big bad mm-hmm. Bruins. Um well then you had it was uh I believe it was Ron Francis. No, it was John LeClaire, Eric Lindros, and Rod Brindamore. They were known as the Legion of Doom uh, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. for a long time. And then you and then recently you had the HBK line in in Pittsburgh. Yep. And now you have the perfection <laughs> line. Like that's what they call them in Boston. No, Doc Emmerich, that's not what they call them in Boston. That's what they call them fucking everywhere else. No one in Boston calls them the perfection line. We, uh, I mean, we, uh, if we do, if we do, it's we're mockingly. saying it with disdain yes. and hatred because Doc Emmerich sounded always like he was uh, narrating a 1940s World War II newsreel that came before you talk in picture show. Well, it was interesting because I was, like I said, and I listened to Telegram as well, and they always call it the erection line. Being like, yeah. oh, yes. All, all, all they do is score, so they they call they always call it the erection line to make fun of that that moniker. And who uh, and what kind of uh, sticks do they do they use? Sure, wood. <laughs> but like you know, and, and I'll I'll end last one. Big Z. Yeah, Zdeno. Like yeah. Hey, and you're big, and your first name starts with Z. What if we called you Mittens, <laughs> Mike? <laughs> I'm working on a nickname though. Oh, Nitro, that's an interesting nickname. What's your real name? Nitro. Working on a nickname, though. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all my, uh, all, all two other people who have seen uh, Down Periscope know what I'm talking about. Oh, no, I know. I've seen Down oh, Periscope. I knew you knew because of the way you said it. It's exactly how he said it in the movie. Um, so, yeah, that's a, I think that's a pretty good place to... Uh, to stop take a break if there's any that we forgot or missed or just overlooked let us know uh shoot us uh shoot us a message on facebook or uh you know when we post this episode tomorrow or uh you know the loudest sports show at gmail.com let us know so we're going to take a quick break we'll uh promote some coffee and uh when we get back we'll talk some sports everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right. So we have some hockey stuff to talk about now that we're back. We have a lot of hockey stuff to talk about. So the NHL, you know, uh, hockey season is in full swing. We have seen some amazing games. Some games are being postponed due to COVID, which we, you know, had anticipated. But we are watching some really great hockey right now. Yeah. um, The Bruins just keep winning. Uh, I looked up a stat earlier today that I put in. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out. But uh, they have 20 points in 12 games. Only Toronto has more. They have 23 points in 14 games. Tampa has 19, but they've played 11 games. So Mm -hmm. Tampa, Toronto, and Boston are all right at the... They're the cream of the crop uh, for their division. Although 
the uh, the final division there. I think it's the uh, whatever it's the last one, the West. Uh, they have a lot of teams that are bunched up, you know, mm. 14, 15, 16 points because th- those teams tend to uh, they're the heavier hitters out there, like the Western Conference teams that you'd see a lot. Um, but both Boston and Tampa are eight, one and one in their last 10, not last ton, their last 10 games. Boston's won four straight. But a lot of those, you know, have come from I think they've won four out of their last five or five out of their last six. And they keep coming back from two and three goal deficits. Uh, Tampa is six and oh in their last in their last uh, or they've won six straight is what I should say. Yeah, it's it's actually been unbelievably impressive to see how the Bruins have come back. And, you know, Toronto, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, and Bruins, you got to remember, they're normally in the Atlantic division. So those three teams are battling out. And, you know, I think I think those three teams last year locked up those three spots pretty early on. You know, for the last couple of years, they've been one, two, three in the Atlantic. Um, I'm not surprised by Tampa. And I'm not surprised by Toronto because Toronto's not playing Tampa. They're not playing Boston. They're not playing, you know, they're playing, you know, they're all the Canadian Boston. teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just feel like it's a little bit more of uh, a better, you know, section of work for them. And, you know, I'm just excited because it's going to make the playoffs so much more watchable. And yeah. Mitch Marner has been playing out of his goddamn mm-hmm. mind. Like he had goals. I think it was like eight straight. I don't know if he scored again in his most recent one, but he had goals in eight straight games. Like if you have an eight game point streak, that's pretty impressive. But he had an eight game goal streak, um, you know, and they're playing over there with, you know, arguably one of the better teams in the league in Montreal, which I hate to say, but Montreal has been playing out of their minds, too. And Tyler Toffoli's been fucking lighting it up left and right yeah and i can't believe this like the maple leafs look really good like they they look as advertised this is what the team should have been for the last couple years you have three three, like excellent forwards you know you have marner who's playing like way above his pay grade recently Mm -hmm. you have austin matthews who's doing what he's supposed to do and then you've got john tavares who you know i don't know how well he's doing right now but he's got to be doing well with uh, those two guys, you're like, you know, that's a, that's a solid potent offensive, uh, you know, lineup that you've got, you know, all these different guys that can, you know, score you 30, 40 goals. But this is exactly what I was looking forward to when they announced these, you know, new restructured divisions for this season is seeing, you know, teams that wouldn't necessarily meet up or obviously wouldn't necessarily meet up as often, you know, having these matchups and seeing some of these teams just do so incredibly well, you know, where they wouldn't necessarily be a contender so much in, in with the regular divisions. So I think it's a, a really creating some very exciting hockey. Yeah. And uh, another one of the um, surprising teams is Florida. So you've got, Tampa with 19 points, Florida right behind them with 18, um, Chicago with 16. Chicago's playing well. Like uh, I didn't expect that, especially with Kirby Doc. Well, and- well, Chicago, Chicago played good towards the end of last season. Remember, they played their way into the to, into the tournament. Right, but they lost both Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves for this season. I, yeah, but again, it's one of those things is is how good. But they have a they have a very deep 
in a very well farm system to, to, to mine from. Because yeah, it'd be like if the Bruins suddenly lost, like, you know, uh, if they didn't have, say, DeBrusque and Bergeron, like, would you be expecting them to be in contention? Like, well, of the pack, but not second in their division. Well, th- th- that's what happened last year when they remember they lost Bergeron and Pasta for a combined total. And you had like Marshawn on a line with two other people mm-hmm. in that first line. And they won like eight out of the 10 games that they played. Yeah, so it just depends how good strong. your your system is and where you can. Yeah, you lose people on those top two lines or top three lines that you can mix and match. And that's all coaching. And it's all about that chemistry. So Chicago being where there are, I'm not surprised by that. The one thing I'm very surprised about looking at the, looking at the standings, um, to be honest, is um, uh, it's between Nashville and Dallas. Dallas, don't forget, went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Mm. And well, they're struggling to get to. I mean, yeah, they're only two points out of a playoff spot, but still, like they they haven't been playing their best hockey yet. Well, they're also figured, they're you know what top. Uh, top two offensive player in Tyler Sagan. Uh, it's because it's between him and Jamie Ben, and their starting goalie, like Ben Bishop, is out for the first five months of the season. Like you're, you got to ride Anton Hudobin, who did play very well in the playoffs last year. Don't get me wrong; he took over uh, and really, you know, stole that job away from Ben Bishop. But mm-hmm. Bishop is a guy who is, you know, or was a perennial Vezina. Uh, consideration if he didn't get the top three he was still up there i believe he won it once for tampa Mm -hmm. um but you know when you're riding a backup and a backup you know we saw how well that worked with halak last year um you know when you're riding your backup and then another backup that's you know who should be a third string goalie or starting at your ahl affiliate it's uh it's kind of tough. So St. Louis won a Stanley Cup with that. So that's yeah, but he proved that he could. You know, Bennington took over and played well for months. Like, and he's relatively young. We know what Anton Hudobin is. Like, he got his chance to start for several seasons in uh, Carolina, and he was not as good as he was playing as a backup for uh, for Boston. I mean, it's just one of those things like we always talk about in hockey, like the biggest, most important thing. And like, it doesn't matter what your offense is like, but if your goalie gets hot right at the right time. Oh, yeah. 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 It's 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 why the playoffs is the great equalizer because you yeah. have an eight team win the Stanley Cup. It's very hard for an eight team, eight seed to win any other sport. So, you know, and, uh, you know, looking at the uh, the West Division, you know, just looking at the standings real quick. Yeah, Vegas with 17, St. Louis 16, Colorado 15, Arizona and Anaheim with 13, Minnesota with 12, and uh, San Jose with 11 points. Like, only one team in that division has a losing record. Like, that's insane. You got three in the Canadian division. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Uh, The Canucks, Jesus. Canucks have played, they've lost 10 games. They're six and 10. (laughs) All right. In the East, there's not a single team below 500. Yeah, Central, you've got uh, Dallas who lost three in overtime, so that's kind of what's keeping them afloat. But you got Nashville at five and eight, Detroit three and nine. Yeah, uh, New Jersey's at four and three, Buffalo's at four and four. The Rangers are at four and five, 
So they are technically below 500, but they've got okay. three overtime uh, losses. Well, it, it's also because they played two more games than uh, the Devils and Buffalo because Buffalo and Devils can't get their COVID situation under control. Yeah, like it's weird looking up, up and down. Like Detroit's played 14 games, but Carolina and Dallas have played 10. You know, the Devils have played nine and, you know, L.A.'s played 12. St. Louis has played 13. You know, Vegas leads. And see, this might be the most impressive thing. You know, Vegas has 17 points in 10 games. Mm. Boston has 20 in 12. Like, so, there, you know, Vegas is right up there with the rest of these guys. So I, I think it's I mean, going to be. Vegas and, and Vegas is all in. They've been all in for the last three years. Um, they yeah. keep, you know, trading for, you know, prime players and sacrificing some of their farm system and their picks just to win now. I mean, it's like I said, I mean, we, we, we could talk about the, the, the postseason projection, but I'm telling you, when it gets down to that, those, those, the semi conference semifinals and the conference finals, it's going to be insane because oh, yeah. it's going to be, like I said, the, the playoffs are going to be divisional until the, fi- the, the conference finals. Yeah, they're just gonna like, beat the shit out of each thinking other. Thinking about the playoffs gives me an erection line. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. I mean, I mean, you're gonna have a Canadian team in a conference final game for the first time since when? Yeah. Eleven. Yeah. And and if I'm the NHL, and this is this is what I think. I think they need to keep these divisions. I think they need to like either manipulate them a little bit, but like you know, keep these as your divisions when you open up the league again and literally have the Canadian teams as their own division to make sure that you can have some Canadian representation in the playoffs. Oh, I completely agree with you. It's just, it's tougher if you're doing an 82 game season. I mean, you can always work the schedule out because if you know, you have your West coast swings, you know, like uh, the, the Celtics every year do the, the rodeo road trip where they go to Houston, Dallas and San Antonio. I don't, I don't remember if that's the correct order, but like they play all three of those teams within like a weekend because there's like a rodeo going on. You know, I mean, my opinion is that it's going to be a while before things really get back a to while. normal. A and I'm while. using that in quotes because what is normal? Well, we can Anyways, see the quotes on YouTube. But, you know, the, the air bunnies. You give me the air bunnies, <laughs> I kill you. But it's going to be a while before. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if next season uh, is a reflection of this season, you know, parallels this season. I wouldn't be surprised if we either see the same thing to kind of, you know, again, limit travel, you know, maybe we get an extended season, you know, we, we, we play a full games or maybe a full, a full full season. I I wouldn't be surprised if they were to do this again, to kind of cut down on travel just to be safe. I mean, I'd be surprised. Don't have fans. I I have, I should have looked into this, uh, but I think they should have fans, you know, in, in Canada. I know some places are allowed to have fans. Like, I think in, in Texas, you can have 10%. Well, I know in New York, Governor Cuomo just said you can have 10% of okay, the arenas. Texas, yep. Um, in pending testing and stuff like that. Uh, so so that, that means you have the Islanders, Rangers, and Sabres technically can have fans in their stands again soon. But you know the, the the board of board of governors, which I still think is the coolest name for the owners of freaking any sport, the board of governors, council of elders. Yes, good. And yes, you want to join the National Hockey League? You have to become a governor. Uh, you know, simply it's, called the Bible verse. 
<laughs> but, but but the reason they didn't want to do a full 81 82 game season is because they want the season to start in October again. They don't yeah. want they they want the clock to reset itself and have a normal season. So well, according to Biden by July everybody should everybody in America should be vaccinated. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um but but still like I I think that we might see something similar next season, you know. I think the owners are going to push to be, I want, we want butts in those seats because they've, you know, and I think that's what, the, I mean, that's why there's so much advertising this year as yeah. the advertising of the divisions, the logos on the helmets. All well, that here's, stuff. And here's the thing, like if you can't, you like in Boston, I, I can't speak for other stadiums, but I can say that in Boston, even if you were to do 50% capacity, that's not enough distance because the seats are like, you're sitting in someone's lap. They're like very I tiny. I barely fit into a seat. You know, like I've gone to the new seats. Yeah. Oh yes. Like I'm not like the smallest guy in the world, but I'm also not the biggest. You know, I fit in most seats. Like I can sit on a subway seat with no problem, you know. But seats in Boston, you know, the Red Sox and the Bruins tend to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, to the point where, like, they might as well just put in a long bench and just cram a bunch of people in. But you could that would be comfier. Yeah. You couldn't say, like, okay, it's, um, you know, 50% capacity and we'll sell every other seat or whatever. Because even that's still too close. Like, even if you're a seat away from someone, you're three feet, if that, 18 inches away from somebody, you'd have to do a quarter capacity. Who knows, you know, if they're de desperate for fans and money, like I said, I think they need to bring up the idea of having outdoor games at Fenway. We talked about this on a show a few weeks back and somebody, I think it was Ty Anderson, who uh, who writes for the Sports Hub, said um, it's so difficult. Like if it's 20 degrees and sunny, that's fine. But like, which way is the sun leaning? Like which part of the ice is the sun shining down on? It's reflecting off the plastic, you know, the plexiglass barrier, which is going to magnify the sun's rays, which is going to like, you have to have very specific situation. What if it's 34 degrees and raining can't have the game? You know, what if it's 37 degrees and now everything's slush? Like, but, but that's also, you know, the reason why they're having, I think it's in a few weeks, um, the outdoor game. It's a at, an outdoor game. Well, there's two of them. Right, but you have yeah, but to it's, have... It's a weekend. Uh, but that's the whole reason why they're doing that. It's not like in lieu of, you know, the Winter Classic that we're so used to seeing at this point. It's, you know, to... They're trying to get fans there. They're trying... Well, look, there's going to be no fans there. It's going to be... It's a rink oh, really? in, in the I, middle I of a golf course. Oh, no, okay. it's literally it's on the 18th green of some Lake Tahoe Country Club, which yep. overlooks like the Sierra Nevadas, and it's literally just a rink on like the on, in the fairway. Okay. Yeah, no fairways being used as a vaccination center. Right. See, I heard the opposite. I heard that they were going to try to kind of create this like stadium set up maybe in a couple of places just maybe not like the lake tahoe one like because i know yeah. places are talking about doing it as well yeah uh, yeah the, the the outdoor game it because they wanted to do like a mystery alaska type game so from you know from the movie mystery alaska they wanted to do it like a frozen pond game um yeah. but you Back know the, it, pond hockey yeah 
yeah and 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 their thing was like and so for them actually this is a this but ash is that's just right though this is a test for the nhl because if they can pull this off they might do games in like more remote locations just for the visual ness of being like we're going to do it on a big ass lake in you know saskatchewan where you see all those people like skating on that like ice where like a sunset like those epic shots and stuff mm-hmm. i wouldn't see them doing this more often i mean but also with the weather don't forget they had an outdoor game at dodger stadium mm-hmm. against the ducks and the cat and the kings uh and it was like 60 degrees out and the ice sheet was fine I don't remember that one, but I mean, if they're looking for a body of water, we got a pond right outside of our apartment. Yeah, there's I'm, one. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, well. Hey, Bruins, come play in my backyard. Bergie, you we'll can go use- rent a little popcorn maker from Renda Center and just you know make some up in the backyard. Right, I'll just uh, <laughs> make a uh, make some hot chocolate out of the kitchen, pass it around. So there you we go. Have, uh, we do have a couple more points to get to before we move on. Hmm. Uh, Miko Koivu retires after 16 years. Yeah, I former know. captain of the Minnesota Wild. Yep, there we go. I mean, th- th- that's awesome where you have someone who's been around that long, and he- it sucks that he ha- had to finally hang it up. And I can tell my dad's 63, and he just hung up his skates. So it must be, you know, I I, I don't envy any of those people who are like, it's time to go. Because I know those guys yeah. just want to play until they're 50. Yeah, or look more. at Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, look at Zidane Chara. I was going to say, look at Chara. They're both 43. Um, the Penguins finally got their GM. They named uh, Ron Hextall, who was a former uh, Flyers goalie, also was mm-hmm. a Flyers GM for a while, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. Because yeah, they need a general manager. They just won two, th- two cups in a row a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, they their general manager just suddenly was like, yeah, I'm out. And just like, <laughs> done. And everyone was like, what? Like, it took everyone by surprise. Nobody had any clue. He's like, nope, I've got family issues. I got to I gotta leave. And so they went like a week and a half without a, a GM. Um, also, because this is, you know, this is not just the NHL section, but this is the hockey section as well. The uh, Lamoro twins have retired from uh, U.S. Olympic hockey. Monique and Jocelyn were uh, identical twins. I mean, they're still identical twins. Uh, they announced their retirement after <laughs> they two were, silvers. They were, but they're not anymore. Yes, one of them. One of them. One of them re- a, retired from being a twin. One of them wears a fancy hat with a feather in it now, uh, so they can you can tell them apart. No, uh, they announced their retirement after two silver and one gold medal in the mm. Olympics. Uh, 2018, Monique scored the goal that forced overtime mm-hmm. in Pyeongchang against. Uh, Canada, I believe. Yes. And Jocelyn won it in a shootout. I remember watching that. And that was 2018. And it was glorious. It was so amazing. Yeah. The uh, the U.S. women's hockey team has just been fire the past few years. Yeah. And especially in the Olympics. Like, uh, I mean, it, it's just it's 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 some real exciting hockey to watch. Yeah. It, the men's. Yeah. It's so good. I love uh, I love watching, you know, just any uh, uh, Olympic hockey. Well, I, well, with this news, I'm very interested because I was unaware of this. So you put these in the show notes. And I kind of did a little research. A lot of players from the last couple this the the 2018 or the 2022 women's U.S. hockey team is going to look a lot different than the one in 2018 because mm-hmm. a lot of the members yeah. retired because they were on it for 12 years. That right. you know, a lot of these players have been playing all the way back when they 
lost to the Canadian. They lost because they've been the gold medal round all three games. They were silver, yeah. silver, gold. So they've lost it to Canada, Canada, and they beat Canada. So the, 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 a lot of them were like, we, this was our Everest. This was our moment to get oh. past. And now they're just kind of, we're all set. We're going to go to coaching or whatever. So uh, I'm very curious. I'm very excited because you're going to have that youth movement in the, in the sport, which is always good to see. So. Well, it's kind of surprising that they would retire now less than a year before the 2022 Olympics, which I think is kind of weird, but you know, maybe it's something that they knew about and they had talked about for a while and they just finally just made it formal. Uh, yeah, or, or, or maybe they just looked around and was like, you know, or tr- or the training was starting to get, you know, ramp up and they're starting to get ready and do more. Or they weren't allowed to train. They weren't able to train the way they would normally train. Well, I mean, and not only that, they're in the process of starting to create these these teams that they're going to bring to the Olympics. You know, now is around the time where they start, you know, naming names and putting, you know, the head office together and the, the coaching staff together. Yeah, because so, you said Sweeney got uh, yes, uh, to the yeah, US Sweeney, team. no, no, uh, Canada. Oh, okay. yeah, he's assistant GM. It would be weird if um, he was on the American team. Yes, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so maybe they just decided that now is our time, kind of bow out gracefully, therefore giving, uh, you know, a couple of, of younger women, you know, uh, the opportunity to show what they've got and, and, and you know, make it to be on I'm team sure they've got, they've got some NCAA uh players that they've gotten their eyes they've kept their eyes on like somebody from maine or minnesota that they're like all right let's bring her in julie the cat gaffney is our (laughs) is our new goalie wow deep cut deep although i don't i think she's probably too old she's probably in her 40s at this point yeah probably well because that movie came out what 92 and she had to be a teenager at that point and that's 30 years ago so it stands to reason she's in her mid-40s yeah. Was she a hockey player to begin with? Julie the Cat Gaffney? She's a fictional character from the Mighty Ducks. No, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm aware of that. But like, I'm talking about about, oh, no, I'm I thought you were talking about like, you know, the actor no, who I'm played not. Julie the Cat Gaffney. No. <laughs> no, no. Julie the Cat Gaffney. She took over for Goldberg that one time. Then she like need two guys in the face. Oh, it was uh, 94. 94. So still, that's. And 27 years ago. So if she was 15, she'd be 42. She's like, I was coached by the great Gordon Bombay. They called him Gordy Bombs. No, they didn't. Julie the Cat Gaffney. Here she is right here. She was also in Men in Black. Oh. Oh. Is she she Will Smith? Had six weeks of private skating tutorial by Chicago Blackhawks forward Grant Mulvey for her role as Julie the Cat Gaffney in the final two Mighty Ducks trilogy. Oh, that's good. Resides in New York and New York. Resides in New York, New York. Oh, like over, like right down the street from you. Hundred percent. So seventy-seven. So she was born in nineteen seventy-seven. So she'll, she'll be forty. She'll be forty-four at the end of this year. She just turned forty-three. No, I'm trying to think. She. I'm trying to think how old she was in the movies. Was yeah. There 16. 16. Yeah, when she was shot. So, so she was December 21st, 1977, and the movie came out before then. So she was 16. So yeah, she's she's in her she's in her 40s. There you go. Yes, compelling. All right, let's uh <laughs> let's, you're the one who brought it up, not me. I did bring it up. I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, you but you only need the edge. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 
Kids, kids seats are still only five dollars. Cause everyone wants to see Grave Digger. Oh, your favorites, Grave Digger, Face Smash Digger, <laughs> and Grave Digger. Watch him do a flip. He's gonna jump a school bus. And another flip, and then him going in a circle. All right, so let's move on to uh, the baseballs. Um, So before we get into the uh, Red Sox news, uh, there are two rules from last season that will be carried over and two rules that will not. Now, we already touched on this a couple of weeks ago, uh, that expanded playoffs and the Universal DH will not be carrying over this year. I think the Universal DH would have been great, but the Players Association was like, no, we don't want any of our aging superstars to play in the National League and have a chance to extend their careers. So, question. Yes. Because I never understood why one league has a DH and one doesn't. Because that's... You know, you, to make I mean, a change in baseball. Personally, I I think a DH is beneficial. I love a DH. I would rather have well, a DH than than. Oh, a pitcher's coming up. Oh, look at him not swing. That's a, a an out. He's just going to stand there and strike out. Ooh, exciting! I loved when Pedro Martinez would go up to bat and he would just stand there and not move and take three strikes right down the middle. And well, you are. Well, you got well. The reason that is is because for a while the National League and the American League were legitimately two separate entities. Yeah, they and you had a commissioner of each, and oh, the American yeah. League was like, "We're gonna have a designated hitter," and the National League's like, "Well, we're not." So, and then when they the league the, the the leagues kind of merged more to under be more unified under the MLS, National yeah. yeah the National League never really changed it so. And um, in order to make a change in baseball, you need a fucking act of God in order for any of these old-ass dinosaurs to do anything, which is why we got no inductees into the Hall of Fame. And even when Kurt Schelling was like, "Where I, I want to be taken off consideration because you're never going to vote me in, so I don't want to be on the ballot anymore. You know what they said? No, you Too can't bad. do that. You're still going to be on the ballot. We're just not going to vote you in. It's like, then what's the fucking point? Wow. Yeah, no. For me, in 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 after the the debacle, which was last year's trying to get the the return to play for baseball, which took way too long for them to get back to playing baseball. Um, uh, I honestly, between it boiled down to like the money and the, the profit sharing, and it kind of boiled down to that's what it was. I sat there being like, strike, do a fucking lockout, strike the player, strike. Because the sport is killing itself. They oh, yeah. cannot get out of their own way because the players will not change and the in the commissioner is too chicken to implement like a fucking pitch clock. I'm sorry, a four hour game is not entertaining. Ooh, four hour game. It's three to two. And oh, just to throw this out there, uh rules that they are adding in seven inning double headers. So if you're playing back to back, you know, it's seven innings apiece and extra innings, uh, you will start with a runner on second, which I thought th- that's a dumb fucking rule, but whatever. Mm. Um, what they are doing, they're introducing new baseballs and these new baseballs are said to reduce home runs by 5%. And- well, you, you know what the issue with that is, though, is because Major League Baseball owns the company that makes the baseballs Rawlings. Yes. Yep. They bought Rawlings. And what sucks is 
you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans go to see these games specifically to see their guys hit home runs. Like, and we've gotten, they've gotten so far up their own ass with analytics and war and VORP and all these other bullshit stats that don't mean anything, which is why the Rays lost the World Series because they're like, oh, well, they saw you pitch twice, so you can't pitch anymore, even though you're fucking cruising. You're having a great game. But the analytics, you know what it reminds me of? The uh, the Simpsons episode where uh, Mr. Burns takes Daryl Strawberry out of the game to and has Homer pinch hit for him. And Strawberry goes, but Skip, I got nine home runs today. He goes, right. But, you know, the pitcher is left-handed and the batter is right-handed. It's called it's what smart managers do to win ball games. It's called playing the averages. So he took out fucking Daryl Strawberry <laughs> and put in Homer Simpson. That's what these fucking analytics are. It's like, oh, well, and it's interesting. Well, it's in it, it, when you have uh, Theo Epstein, who was one of the godfathers of analytics in the sport next to Billy Bean, come out and saying, we're killing the sport. You need to be like, yeah, stop listening. And this can go into what do you the know? JB- World Series rings with the with the Red Sox and the Cubs and broke both of those long losing streaks. What do you know? <sighs> Well, and, and I'll bring up some interesting stuff about when we talk about some other stuff in Major League Baseball. But for them, I thought the expanded playoffs this past season was the best. I love Quick, it. Like, again, you're, the players are going to make more money. Like, how is – again, look, we're going to do something to make the game more appealing to people, make it more exciting, going to have some more eyes on the game. Do you want that? No, I don't. We just want to just take 42 seconds to throw a goddamn pitch. Yeah, it's that's the worst. Like, and you know, you have these guys like, well, I'm not going to abide by a pitch clock either way. So, what are you going to do about it? Like, and that's these baseball players are so resistant to change. This isn't like, you know, remember like uh, 10, 12 years ago when the NBA decided they were going to change the basketball and it was the worst goddamn thing that you've ever seen? Like, there were times, and I, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, but there were times like guys would shoot the ball. And it would stick between the rim and the backboard and just stay there. Like that happened. Like I'd never seen that happen ever in my life. And it happened like four times in a week. It was the most like the guy shot the ball. And instead of bouncing off the backboard and going in, it got stuck between the backboard and the back of the rim and just stayed there. Like it didn't bounce right. Like everybody hated it. And were they not like inflated? Properly? No, they were. It was it was all the same inflation, but like the outer coating and like the inner core were different. Like it bounced different. Like that sounds like you know I used high one. school basketball, you know, gym class where your balls aren't inflated properly, and like you go to shoot and they get stuck in the rafters. Like I've I've done I uh, one of the I was working at the boarding school at that point. One of the students had gotten one of those, and. So I, I I used it and I shot it like it felt weird and like it didn't bounce right, like it didn't come out of your hand right, like everybody was complaining about it. And I think it lasted like two weeks and they were like, All right, this is no good, and they went right back to the old Wilson balls or spald uh spalding. Went right back to the old spalding balls and that was it. But with baseball, like it's so difficult to get anybody to change to do anything. You know, like 
like, oh, you can't have 400 pitchers in a single inning. Like you can't have a guy, you know, uh, you can't have the catcher come out and talk to your pitcher 22 times. Like that's the shit that drives me nuts. And that's what drives fans away from the game. I would say uh, baseball is the least watched of all of the sports as far as cable TV goes. It's watched more by like the older folks. It's a regional sport. Who are watching it generally aren't watching it like they'll turn like my dad will turn the broadcast all the way down and turn the radio on and listen to the radio broadcast because you don't want to hear all like the stupid inane bullshit that's going on well and that's what i do like and, and jen always makes fun of me she goes like why do you why do you prefer to listen to it like on the app or on like the radio or something like i'm like because it's a better fucking product like i still believe baseball is either live in person or on the radio like that's how i grew up watching the fucking sport like yeah, I, I, I never watched a Nesson. I like I never watched the regional stuff. It was in the car ride or at the beach. You would hear someone put it on the radio, and like that's where you listen to the games in the summer. Yeah, I mean, I never had. You know, I don't mind going to baseball games. Like, there's nothing like being in Fenway and like watching a game. Like, it's awesome. Um, I'm not a huge watching baseball on. TV fan because it takes like well I mean if I if I'm watching baseball I'm also watching something else you're flipping I'm fl- yeah I'm I'm flipping between the game and uh, whatever, whatever else is on because it's like okay they just got an out let me flip away watch five minutes of the show because you know you have to have the batter walk up with his theme song you have to have the catcher you know like he has to do his his uh the batter has to go and do his like weird ass fucking batting routine like you know the shit that nomar used to do the shit that uh nomar even uh pedroia used to do like oh let me flip the bat let me step out let me go back in let me dig in let me stretch let me twist let me it's like oh my fucking god like it's 5 minutes for an at bat yeah like it's ridiculous and like you have these you have the pitchers that are sitting there and like, oh, let me step off the mound. I don't like that 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 sign. Oh, let me step back on the mound. Let me look. Let me throw over to first. And then he throws it back. And then you throw it back over to first. And it's like, oh. No wonder why you're on a pitch count because you throw over to first to check the, the runner 22 times. Oh, it's terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. I like watching playoff baseball. Oh, there's nothing like it just because the stakes are higher. Like it's still the same boring ass game, but everything is kind of condensed. But I think uh, having the, the rays in the world series and showing that we can use an opener. We have a guy come out for one inning. We, this is awesome. Like that's ruining the game. Like I, you know, you'll never see somebody that's going to uh, break Cy Young's record of like 400 wins, whatever the hell it is, like some ridiculous number. I think it's 511. Yeah, there it is. Like, no one's going to break that because guys today, like, you know, you can't go past five innings. Ooh, something bad might happen. Oh, you went through the lineup twice? Well, suddenly you're a less effective pitcher. You know, like, I miss the days of watching Pedro Martinez come in in game five against the fucking Indians in 1999 uh, in a relief effort and just go six innings pitching perfect baseball. Like, that's awesome. Or watching a guy, you know, two two uh, you know absolute you know badass starting pitchers just go back and forth, you know, like Sale and Kershaw, 
you know, battling into or or even the shit with um that 18 inning game that they ended mm. up losing where Avaldi uh, came out and pitched fucking nine innings of relief. Of like shut down baseball, basically. Yeah, like, it was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. I like, yeah. Um, in in Cy Young's career, he started in 1890 to 1911. He had 22 years, 511 wins, 315 losses, 815 games started, and 749 of those were complete games. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you know, nowadays guys get up to 300 wins and they're like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Oh, man, 300 wins. Like, yeah, it is because guys aren't going to It's like, well, you know, oh, my my fingernail kind of grew funny. And when I when I clipped it, I kind of clipped it a little too short. So I need to go on the DL for 60 days. It's not the DL. Don't forget that. It's not oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No longer the disabled list. It's in <laughs> reserve. It's the injured list, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. It's fucking. Oh, I need to go on there for sixty days because I have an owie. Are you talking to David Price a lot? Is that where you're? You David play, Price, you play Holtz, just you know these diva pitchers. Oh, I got a blister on my non-throwing hand, and it hurts when I close my gloves. So uh, some guy couldn't feel his foot in one World Series. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to, you know, watching hockey, it's like, oh, this guy broke it. You know, Bergeron has a collapsed lung because his fucking rib crashed into it. Oh, Chara broke his jaw. Sorry, right, he'll just wear a mask. Like, <laughs> Greg Campbell will break his leg um, 10 seconds into a two-minute power play. And block a shot as opposed to just lay on the ice and do nothing. Oh, my God. Uh, Anywho. So, yeah, let's get to... The, uh, the news of the weekend uh, with the three-team swap between the Sox, Mets, and Royals. Uh, the Royals get Andrew, Benintendi, and Cash from Boston. They're paying, I think, $6.6 million of his salary. No, uh, they're, play- they're paying $2.4 million. Two, uh, 2.4 of the 6.6. 6. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I read that one wrong. Um, but the Red Sox ha- get Franchi Cordero, who is uh, mm-hmm. traded twice. Uh, and two players to be named from uh, Kansas City. And I read uh, Tony Maserati's um, uh, uh, column regarding this trade. Cordero is a guy, he he compared him to Willie Mopena. A guy who's like, oh, he's got potential. It's like, yeah, potential means he's not going to do it. Like, the dude's been traded twice. Like, he's I mean, never hell, made it. I've got potential. Yeah. I can hit the ball sometimes. This- this is like, and no, no joke. It's literally to the day of the Mookie Betts trade last year. Mm-hmm. So, socks. The hell are they doing on Yaki Way? Well, he's a big, strong guy, and again, they likened him to um, William Opeña because that worked great out here when, when he wasn't playing for the Red Sox, he was good. Um, he, you know, he's a guy who could hit for power, could maybe. Uh, and then they got two players to be named, which is always sketchy. And John Smith. Uh, the Sox also got Josh Winkowski and a player to be named from the Mets. And again, so they have two guys you've never heard of and three players that we don't know who they are. So right now, because Ash, as you pointed out, that, uh, on the Red Sox official website, someone else is already wearing Jackie Bradley's number 19, and he's not going to be back. 
uh, which I'm fine with. He's great defensively, but he just yeah. so, streaks well, on offense. I mean, this isn't official, but I was listening to uh, 98.5 on my way home and listening to the Adam Jones show. And that's what they were talking about. So uh, JJ culture. Currently yes. not on the listed roster on the Red Sox official website. I mean, he's a, he was a, he's a free agent, and like they tried trading him and they couldn't, so they were just like, "All right, whatever." Um, I believe um, it's Cordero is listed as number nineteen. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Fran- but- Franchi, the guy they just got. So right now, yeah, French is on Yen is is number nineteen. Right now, the. Red Sox uh, outfield depth chart. We have Cordero in left field, and they just got him. Uh, Verdugo in center. Verdugo is not a terrible player. Uh, and Hunter Renfro, who, you know, I, I, I get a lot of guys mixed up on this show, but I got Hunter Renfro mixed up with Hunter Renfro uh, because there's Hunter Renfro spelled R-E-N-F-R-O-E who plays right field for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And there's Hunter Renfro who's spelled R-E-N-F-R-O-W, who's a wide receiver for the Raiders. Oh. So, exact same name. At least they don't play the same sport. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Mike, uh, Michael Chavis and J.D. Martinez, uh, even though uh, Martinez is really a D.H., and he will rarely play in the field, especially now that he's older. And Chavis, I believe, is an infielder like a first baseman, although I might be confusing him with somebody else. But uh, James, we had a, uh, we had a trade today uh, or a, a free agent signing and you were so excited about it. Uh, because I have no idea what the, I like to the, is it John Henry care anymore? Like, do they just care? Like, do, I mean, because no, I hope everybody knows everybody's listening to see the, if you're a Red Sox fan, we're going back to the dark ages of the Red Sox. Well, I think this is how they're looking at it. John Henry's probably sitting in his jacuzzi in JetBlue Park going, oh, no one's going to come see this team anyway, so there's no point in spending money on them. You're, John, John, you're yelling. Stop yelling, please. Like, Sorry, I'm off the handle there. You know, uh, Lin- Linda, you do you want some, you do you want another fur coat? Trade. He is younger than me. Trade sale. You shouldn't trust me to make decisions. I died four years ago. Well, because like I said, and and for me, it's like you're you're looking at, and I want to go back on the Benedetti trade for a second. You look at it. He's the seventh overall pick in 2015. Seventh overall pick. And they, you, he has rookie year in 2017, 2018. He was a. He finished second. He didn't get the rookie of the year. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying 2017 was his rookie year. Oh, okay, yeah, because he he was close. He finished in the in the you know he finished high up. Yeah, but then 2018 he had his best performing year. You know he had 40 doubles, 20ish home runs. He had an on base percentage of over 800. You know helped you win a World Series, and then they started fucking with his swing and fucking with those analytics and totally broke him. And then last year was a pandemic season, so he only played like 16 games. So you're telling me after four seasons in which two seasons he was very productive, and then when you started messing with him, he took a step back. You're like, we're done. Hands up. We're going to get rid of him. Like, come on. I thought I liked the outfield that they had when they had Mookie and right, Benintendi and left, and 
JBJ in center, the 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 killer bees outfield because that was a fucking stellar defensive outfield. Like Mookie is yeah. awesome, and having uh, Bradley Jr. patrol in center field was great. And you know, even if you're a defensive liability, you can play left field at Fenway Park because it's like, oh, the ball's over my head. Well, let me just turn around and wait for the carom off the wall. Yeah, it's why it's why they always put their worst. You always put your worst in Fenway. That's why Manny was in left field because he couldn't play defense to save his life. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't need him to. Well, though I'm looking at like this draft class from 2015, uh, there was really nobody. Like Ian Happ was like the only other name that I recognized. Like just Alex Bregman was number two. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about guys that the Sox could have gotten, but oh, didn't. okay. I sat there. I was like, I was like, uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about guys that like, oh, they drafted <laughs> Ben Intendi, but they could have had, you know you know, Aaron judge or something like that. You know, it, it was one, you know, that's what I was looking for. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't go through the entire draft because there's like 170 rounds in the friggin' baseball draft, <laughs> but like, I don't know. The, yeah. So the other, the other guy they signed, they signed uh, another utility infielder, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who had his best season statistically in 2017 when he played for the Astros. Wow. Isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> Oh, so he's got a World Series. He hit 33 home runs that year. I wonder why. And he hit over 300. It's like, oh, did you? The year that you were stealing signs and and cheating your way to a World Series victory? That was your best year, huh? (laughs) Like his numbers, I don't think his numbers have come close to that in any other season that he's played. Um, But hey, it's going to be the Boston Devil Rays this year. It seems like it. Well, he was a twin last year, the last two years. Yeah, so let's see. He hit uh, 303. The next closest he ever hit was 277. And I'm sorry, 277, 279 in 2014 and 2015. Then he hit 254, 303, 247, 264, and 211. Gee, Wonder what those numbers have in common. Oh, you weren't able to steal signs anymore after you uh, went to Houston. Uh, after you left Houston and went to uh, Minnesota. So, 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 going back to the thing is that there was no other person the 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 Red Sox sort of drafted in that draft. They well, could have got Walker, Walker Bueller. Yeah. Uh. They would have ruined that too. Yeah, he had 23 home runs in 2017. I'm sorry, not 33. Prior to that, his career high was 16 the year before. Then he since hit 13, 12, 6, and 4. No, I'm sorry. That was uh, 16, 15, and 5. So, yeah, he's uh, he definitely took advantage of that 2017. Uh, it's going uh, to be between uh, Baltimore and Red Sox for the AL East this year. Come on, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I love as a Red Sox fan watching the Yankees just keep fucking getting better, and the Red Sox like, oh, we got Marwin Gonzalez. Like, we're saving that? money. Hey, we're we saving tra- money. Franchi Cordero, he's a reclamation project. Oh, I, I know the Yankees are like, oh, you need some pitching. Take take Adam, take Adam out to it. Go go go. Yeah, Arvino, like. Like that was the crazy thing. It's like, oh, the Yankees traded a guy to you, like. Shouldn't that set off a red flag right there? Basically. Oh, we have some trash. Would you like to take it out for us? Oh, would we? 
Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's move on to the NBA. I don't have a whole ton about the NBA, but uh, I find it odd, and this kind of ties into what I said last week because I was so fucking angry about this. I hate fan voting in any sport. I don't care what it is. Hate fan voting. I think it's the worst possible thing you could possibly do because all people do is vote for names that they are familiar with. So after the all-star game, which we talked about last week, and I was saying it's just an opportunity for these guys to come out and build their brand more. Uh, they're going to totally screw it up because they're like, yeah, let's do this, that, uh, the dunk contest at halftime. It's like, yeah, okay. That's just, just skip the fucking all-star game altogether. LeBron came out and was like, oh, this is dumb. I don't want to play. But if they vote me in, I guess I'll play. It's like you were going to go either way. You're just sitting there trying to make it seem like you're you're standing for something, but you love the fucking attention. So stop. Uh, but Giannis and Kawhi also came out and spoke out against the uh, All-Star game as well. Kawhi, I actually believe, because that guy like would rather not play if he doesn't have to, as we've seen the past few years. It's like, you know, load management. But uh, as of today, LeBron was the top vote getter for the entire NBA passing Kevin Durant. Wow, what a shock. Oh, LeBron talked about the NBA All-Star game. He must need votes. That must be what it is. Hmm. So people went out and voted for him. It's like, who fucking cares? Like, fan voting is the worst because they will only vote for names that they know of, not voting for names that they are familiar with. I mean, uh, that are deserving. It's like, oh, I've heard of Kevin Durant. Uh, You know, he was out all last year, you know, like, you know, I'm sure they would have voted him to the All-Star. No, he was he was probably voted to the All-Star game last year because people I mean, I might be wrong, but I've seen it happen dozens of times, like the time that Alonzo Mourning missed an entire season due to a uh, kidney issue, but was voted as a starter for the All-Star game. Makes sense. Guy hasn't played all year. Why not make him a starter? Yeah, he's put up great numbers. What's he done? Oh, nothing? Because he's had kidney issues that almost forced him to retire? Yeah, he deserves to start in the All-Star game. Makes sense to me. And every year there's something like that. You know, I remember the year, uh, the Lynn Sanity year, and everyone's like, oh, this guy had four good games. He should be an All-Star. It's like, mm, no. Uh, the big story, though, was uh, Mark Cuban saying that he was not going to um, – play the national anthem and they haven't been playing the national anthem uh at their arena in dallas for the mavericks uh james what do you think about this well and i i think in and i'll preface this i am a veteran i was i served in the united states navy so i'm very proud of my anthem um i don't really care uh it's a private entity it's a private corporation it's a private building if they want to play the national anthem it is their prerogative to do so if I walked in there and they said play ball without doing the national anthem, I would not think twice about it. I would be like, what's I'd be like, I must've missed something. And then I'd be like, Oh, look, a sport. Like, you know, same thing with hockey. If they were just like, mm-hmm. all right, here's the Bruins. And then they go and they drop the puck and they start playing. I'd be like, okay, like I'm going to keep watching the game. I'm not going to be offended by it. And that's why I wanted to preface it as that. I am a veteran. I served in the military. So Everybody was like, well, what about the veterans? I am a veteran. I am proud of my country. I am proud of my national anthem. I'm not going to spend $100 on a ticket to see the national anthem being played. I'm there to see a sport. So if that's his choice and that's what he wants to do and his players are okay with it and you know they just want to play the game, great, awesome, cool. But what pissed me off more 
was then the NBA is like, no, you have to play it. He doesn't have to do anything. It's his building. He owns American Airlines Arena. If he doesn't want to play it, he doesn't have to play it. And if you have a problem with it, don't go to the games. Oh, wait, you can't go to the games anyway. Turn off the TV. I bet you. I bet you because it's all the people about the kneeling, you know, I, you know, people who were pissed about the players kneeling and stuff like that. Hmm. Somehow they still made money on ratings because the ratings watch those games. So g- try, try to turn off the television. Tell me you're not going to watch your team play, play the sport you, you, you'd love to follow because of this, mm-hmm. because you're all fucking hypocrites. You all are like, I'm sorry, but that like pisses me off when they were like, oh, they're, 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 they're doing this and, and, and it's not in their, tr-. no, they have a platform. They're going to do it. If you don't want them, don't support the team. Don't watch them. And I bet you, you can't last fucking two weeks without logging online and ESPN to see their standings or going on their Twitter account or Facebook account or NBA.com to see exactly what's going on because you want you, you follow that team because you love that team. So that's why I feel about it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at it as, you know, these these people that tend to complain about the national anthem. It's like, oh, well, you love the anthem so much. Do they play it before a movie? Do they play it before, you know, every Concerts? morning when you go to work? Do you do the Pledge of Allegiance at work? Do you do that? No? Oh, that's weird. You know, have you ever been to Walmart and uh, they oh they open up like welcome Walmart shoppers please join us in this in the pledge of allegiance or you know please hold your hand over your head and these same guys that are going to complain like oh so when they play it you're you're at home you stand up and put your hand over your heart right you take your hat off you you stand up you put your hand over your heart and you show the uh, the proper reverence that you insist that everyone else do you know and even when these guys come out like Colin Kaepernick comes out and says. I am kneeling because of these reasons, because of social injustice. And this is what it's and like. Nope, he's kneeling because he hates America. Well, I literally just told you why I was doing it. Nope, you're wrong. This is why you know, because you're disrespecting. Well, I talked to a, a, a veteran and I was going to sit and he said it would be more, more uh, uh, respectful to kneel. So that's what I did. Wow. I can't believe he hates all our veterans and our troops. Now, Ashes, you are also from a military family. Correct. What are your thoughts? I think that people who join the military fight for our freedoms as a country. And one of those freedoms should be, you know, just like freedom of speech and certain rights and whatnot, should be the the right to decide whether or not the national anthem is played in your arena. I don't think that sports needs to have, especially, you know, uh, hockey, for example. You know, you have so many players from other countries. You know, yes, if they're playing playing a Canadian team or if they're playing up in Canada, the Canadian national anthem is represented. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it kind of gets to a point where... um, I don't know. Like I have opinions and sometimes I don't want to give my opinion because of controversy. See the NBA to me is, you know, the NBA or the NHL. I like the fact that in the NHL, like you were just saying, they will do the Canadian Anthem, but it's like, if you really want to be like inclusive, it's like, okay, so now we need to do the Czech national Anthem. Like, I don't know the last time I heard, you know, say the Cuban national Anthem or the Japanese national Anthem played in a major league baseball stadium. Uh, have you ever heard the Korean national anthem? Have you ever heard the Canadian national anthem when the Blue Jays play the Red Sox? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they play. 
I haven't I haven't noticed that. But I mean, you know, maybe because I don't there watch are <laughs> and again, I'm going to kind of go back to hockey. You know, the national anthem has been around for so long that you kind of get these staples of, you know, the, the, the people who sing the national anthem. I'm looking at you, Renee Rancourt, Todd these people who become so beloved. And so it's like you look forward, like, honestly, you know, I looked forward to going to Bruins games, you know, a, a to obviously watch the Bruins, but, you know, to see Renee Rancourt. Yeah, I mean, he did it in such a way it really got the he had a lot of the odd, Yeah, he, he was very charismatic. We have an autographed <laughs> Renee Rancourt picture from uh, right after the marathon bombing with the color guard. Oh, nice! But yeah, my, my, my brother was at that uh, at that game. We uh, the uh, last game we game. went to, we actually went on her birthday. We met uh, on the way out. I look over and I'm like, oh, that guy looks really familiar. It was Todd Angeli who sings the anthem now. We ran into him. He took a couple of pictures with us. It was fucking awesome. Um, well, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not for forced nationalism. The pageantry, like in the NFL, forced patriotism. I'm not, I'm not on board with that. Let me just put it that way. And yeah, somebody made a point today. I saw this on on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, you're in, it's almost like you're indoctrinated from the age of five to the age of 18 every single day, you know, with liberty and justice for well, all. And, and it's then funny you that you say that. And hmm. no, well, well, it's funny because, you know, I grew up on my dad was in the Air Force. So I grew up on military bases and I thought it was just something that we did because we were on the military base. I didn't realize that. It was done everywhere until my dad retired and I went to, you know, regular no, school. Well, I mean, like it was still public school. It was still regular school. It just happened to be, you know, not on a military on base. a military base. So, you know, they I, I just assumed that that was that. So I was kind of surprised when because when I went to school in Guam, you know, we not only sang the national anthem, but we sang, you know, we did the, the Guamanian anthem, too. You know, um, so like I, I just thought it was something that they did in the military. I didn't realize it was something that translated, you know, to civilian other life. Place. Exactly. Um, so, again, like I if you're for it, be for it for the right reasons. Don't force people to do things. Right. You know, and that's why I wanted to get your guys opinion, because, James, I knew you were in the Navy and ashes uh you've been you know your dad served in the air force yes. so you know you guys have a different perspective than i do i mean like, yeah i have family members who served but not immediate family members i mean it makes you know obviously the olympics play it but like the olympics is a completely different playing ground right and they only you know, play it at the medal ceremonies they, they, right you don't have like I mean, all these but, teams but, marching in and they're playing know, every anthem at the same but time but when the teams are marching in you know during the uh like the opening ceremonies and stuff a lot of them are repping you know the colors and the flags and stuff from the country that they're representing so right. you know but th which makes sense you know but to do it on such a smaller you know, uh, to do it too much, smaller ground, it loses you know, a lot just, of eh. meaning to me. Like, to, if you do it, if it's supposed to be so special, then save it for special occasions the World Series, the Super Bowl, you know, save it for those types of occasions. It's like champagne. You don't want to drink champagne all the time because then, you know, you just kind of lose your interest in champagne. It's not special. But if you only drink champagne on special occasions, it remains special. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, for, you know, w- w- with all this and, and it kind of, you know, and, and it without, you know, being what it, what it is, but, but it's one of those things in which I believe that in with with the symbolization of the national anthem and and i think some people forget the national anthem star film anger it has not been our national anthem for a hundred years yet right it was it's it was only agreed upon in 1931 so like it's one of those things where you know i you're right i think people get caught up in the pageantry of what it is and what it means and all that stuff but it forgets what it actually means and and who it's for so again one of those things where it boils down to let if you want to do the national anthem do the national anthem i'm not going to stop you great awesome i'll respect it because i because i was i was trained to respect it and i will will always respect it moving forward and i did before because my grandfather was world war ii veteran Mm -hmm. um you know and so wasn't my other grandfather so it's like you, you grow up with that 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 heritage but you know, forcing it onto people, probably like I said, in, in in this day and age too, where it means it's so it, the national anthem could legitimately be a polarizing topic. Um, and I think it's smart on Mark Cuban being like, you know what, I'm not even going to give the opportunity to be polarizing. I'm going to focus on basketball because inside these four walls, it's all that I care about. So, yeah, and you know, I'm I'm right with you. So, let's uh, move on. Because that was like the big NBA topic that I wanted to talk about. Um, not much has changed in the standings. Um, Celtics are still very up and down, and I think they need to make a move. And there's a rumor that they're going to be making a move. Um, they have that big trade exception. Um, I, I, I can go about Danny Age and these big moves they've been talking about for four years and nothing happened. So. Yeah, oh, I know. But I mean, this is, they have this $28.5 million trade exception. And they have to do something with it. You know, somebody was like, ooh, they're going to get Bradley Beal. It's like, no, they're not because he makes more than the $28.5 million. So they have to, they would have to send matching salaries. They were not able to use the trade exception unless, you know, unless it's someone who makes 28.5 or less, which is. JJ Reddick's been talked around. I wouldn't hate getting JJ Reddick. This is a guy I've wanted on the team for years. Now he's 36, 37. I mean, eh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's move on to the NFL. Uh, obviously, we had the Super Bowl, but before I go get to that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer uh, uh, passed away at 77 after a very long battle with Alzheimer's disease. He is one of only eight coaches with 200 or more wins. Uh, or so at least 200 wins. He coached four different teams and did not have a losing record with any of them. So he was 44 and 27 with the Browns, a better record than Bill Belichick, by the way. Uh, He was 47 and 33 with uh, the Chargers. He was eight and eight with Washington. So he only got one season in Washington, but uh, he spent most of his time with Kansas city. 101, 58 and one. So, he uh, was very good as a coach, not uh, not as stellar in the playoffs. Never, never won. Um, but part of that is, you know, he was with uh, the Chargers when they had, you know, they had to go up against um, the uh, the Patriots and with Kansas City going up against those really good Broncos teams. Um, and the, the Dolphins and the Bills. 
he didn't coach the Dolphins or Bills. No, I'm saying when he was in Kansas City, he went up against the Dolphins. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. All those, uh, like he had Joe Montana, but like he, there was a lot of powerhouse teams in the AFC, like those Steelers teams. Um, he actually played for Buffalo and the Boston Patriots. He won an AFL championship with Buffalo in 1965. So, oh, yeah, he's definitely a, a Hall of Fame coach, and he does have ties to. Uh, you know, the local team here, but he played for the Boston Patriots, not the New England Patriots, because they weren't known as the uh, Boston Patriots until uh, the leagues emerged. And I think in 1966, 67, 61. Okay. No, 1960. That's when the Patriots were uh, founded. It was 1960. Right. But they were still the AFL at that point. Correct. Yeah. And when the leagues, because the first two Super Bowls uh, that the, that the Packers won, we're known as the, the AFL AFC. World Championship, and the leagues didn't merge until because the AFL was always looked at as the inferior league. But when Joe Namath and the Jets beat Johnny Unitas and the Colts sixteen to seven, that's when the leagues merged, and that was technically the first Super Bowl. And they just retroactively called the other two Super Bowls as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Three was the first one to use the term Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. We we did it. We so did it. speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, bop, 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 bop. this was the least watched Super Bowl since 2007, and the ratings were higher in New England than they were in Tampa. And the thing that I'm not understanding, and James, as a Patriots fan, you might be able to shed a little bit of light on this for me. Why are Patriots fans trying to claim this as a victory for them? Um, I don't think as, as a Patriots fan, um, I am not saying that this is a win for the Patriots fans. I think it's because the whole season has been Brady V Belichick. Mm-hmm. Who was the catalyst for winning those six championships in new England? Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? Was it a little bit of both? Was it the refs? Was it whatever? Was it the deflated balls? I don't know. Um, we'll That's never know. I've Brady. Um, but like it was one of those things. So where, um, for me, I was rooting for Brady because a, I think the Patriots should have resigned him when he wanted the five year extension after Super Bowl Fifty One against the Falcons. You should have walked up to him being like, "Whatever you want, Tom, we'll give it to you." Like you literally just pulled a, pulled a rabbit out of your ass. Best Super Bowl I've ever seen. So right then and there, it's one of those things where it's like, a, they botched it from the beginning, and then I think it was more of a spiteful being like the Patriots royally fucked this up. That it doesn't help what the season they had with Cam Newton does it doesn't help their case. Cam so I think I think more passes in the regular season. Brady had ten in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I think more people watch it up here to be like, I can't believe Tom Brady's going to fucking win another Super Bowl ring. Like I can't believe he's going to do that. See, and the the thing that bugs me is I keep seeing, and I'm sure you've seen it, the Patriots flying Elvis, but instead of the star, it's like the Bucks logo. It's like I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? Oh, well, I'll have to find it and send it to you because I've seen that in quite a few places. And that's what led me to why your Patriots fans trying to like what because Brady and Gronk used to play for your team and all of a sudden, like, yeah, this is a win for us. No, it's fucking not. It's a win for Tampa Bay. Like no, for, for me, I never in my in the scoreboard of Brady v. Belichick, it's it's a win for Brady. So if your team Brady or your team Belichick, 
if you're on team Brady, you, you won, you won you, because like I said, he won the first year out of new England in a pandemic season <laughs> with no off season, no OTAs, no preseason. And he went to the Super Bowl and beat the defending champions on his home field. Um, sorry, Bill referring to, Oh yeah. That's the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah. I've seen more of the Tampa, the Tom Brady, Tampa Bay logo face than I've seen anything. Yeah. The, so. Yeah. The, uh, the old Buccaneers logo, but with, yeah. so, I mean, I watched the Super Bowl because it's a rule and I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I'll football has me by the cojones, but for me, I, I, I didn't really care. Like if, I mean, we had in the show, the preview show last week, and even we talked about this week, like I picked Kansas City to the Super Bowl before the season started. So if they won, great. I was right with along with 98% of the country who picked Kansas City as well to win the Super Bowl this year. But if Tampa Bay won, great, awesome. Tom Brady won seven. It's a big middle finger to the Bill Belichick and the Patriots being like, ha, 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 ha. Like you bet on the wrong horse. You should just give me what I asked for, which wasn't a lot. And, you know, it was, I think a lot of, I think that's why like they're trying to claim this victory because, oh, he's still our quarterback. You know, well, yeah, he had one year in Tampa Bay, but he's still the New England. When you look back in history, it's him in New England as a New England Patriot. Yeah, six, a buck. six Super Bowls. I mean, I get where it's, it's hard to kind of like, you know, make that distinction. But see, here's the thing that people aren't uh, looking at, like, they essentially brought back the same team that they had last year. That team wasn't going to win a Super Bowl. Like, who is he going to throw to? Like, yeah, granted, like he was able to assemble to his his team of shitbags down in uh, on that offense down in uh, Tampa because he was able to get Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette, and you know he had Indomitian Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul, who are all just fucking scumbags. Uh, some more than than others, but. You know, he went to this team that has a great deep, like, I mean, I didn't know how good Levante David and, and Shaq Barrett and uh, Devin White were going to be together, but that defense uh, ended up being pretty monstrous. But, like, there were some times during that year that you looked at it, you know, and I would listen to sports talk radio after every week, and it's like, oh, Brady looked terrible. Like, that game against Chicago, like, how the fuck do you lose that game to Chicago and you don't know how many downs there are and, like, you don't know, like, what play it is, Brady? Like, that was... That was bad. And then they'd come back and blow out Green Bay. But then they'd come back and like they get smoked by Kansas City. And, you know, they can't stop Tyree Kill. He has 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. Like it's, you know, it was a very up and down year. But, you know, again, I can I can get it where, you know, it it just proves to me how fair weather Patriots fans are. And I've known that for many, many years. You know, I've always wondered what they were going to do one once Brady left, like how they were going to react. And they just follow Brady like they have no loyalty to the team. It's like, oh, Brady won. Hooray. This is great. It's like, well, I always think back to the Herb Brooks line. The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the name on the back. But apparently, if you're a Patriots fan, it's the cult of Brady. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, did you see how great Brady was like? So, so, so left like you weren't saying shit about him. You were talking so much shit and saying how like he's such a scumbag. And now he won the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, my my boy Brady won the Super Bowl. Did you see that? I, I never lost faith. It's like, yeah, you did. Like, 
So, so, so I was a patriot, and like I said, and, and, and I will always have this cred to me. I, I used to go to the old games at Schaefer Stadium growing up. So I used to go with, with Bledsoe back with the metal bleachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I used to go to the preseason game. It was against like the Vikings. That's what like my, my step, my stepdad always got tickets for. Um, and like even this year when he got traded to the Brady, I made children. I said, wherever he goes, I'm still going to get a Brady jersey because he is, he is my favorite player. Like I, I, I've in my lineage of me watching football, I've known two quarterbacks. Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. And I have Bledsoe jerseys hanging up in my closet and I have Brady's jersey hanging up in my closet. And, and adult. I told, huh? And a Dalton Keene. Yeah. I also have a Steve Grogan one too. Mm. I, I met Grogan. He's the nicest guy. Uh, so I, I told Jen, I was like, I'm going to buy a Brady jersey, you know, because like I said, first of all, especially when like some of the new jerseys came out, I was like, ooh, if you go to the Chargers, I'm getting one of those fucking powder blue Brady jerseys. Yep. Like, she like, don't. Lose. And oh, then, gross. And then when he went to the Bucks, I was like, ah, you know, even like him in that red Bucks jersey, like creamsicle jersey, aren't you? I was hoping they were going to do like the alternate creamsicle. I was like, dude, if there's a Brady creamsicle jersey, I'm going to buy it. Yes. It, did I watch every Bucks game? No, I still watched every Patriots game I could get on TV because they're still my team. I still root for them. But yeah, I like Tom Brady. I'm going to see what he's doing. I like Zidane Chara. Like I'm not gonna go buy a Capitals jersey because I hate the Capitals like with an ungodly passion, but like I'm happy for him. But like if he went to like the Islanders or like to the Avalanche and like Zinatar was like my favorite hockey player, I would probably buy a, Jar- a Chara Av- Avs jersey or like wherever else he went because I hate the Capitals so much. I will see, not buy one. See, I'm like that. Like there are certain players that. Uh, that I followed when I was younger in a team that has a dope ass Jersey. Again, the fucking powder blues yeah. or like, um, uh, slashes don't like the powder blues or, uh, um, or I even like the avalanche, the avalanche uniform uniforms with the, uh, with the cattle Colorado C on it. They've been wearing yep. a little bit more. I think that like, if, if, if Bergeron say for whatever reason, cause like, I, well, Zidane Chara goes. Who the hell knows nowadays? No, um, anywhere. But whoever say, say like Bergeron or Marshawn goes to another team that has a, like a really good jersey, I would definitely buy their jersey because I'm a fan of them as well. I would root so. for them if they're not playing my team. Like I would do that. You know, um, I am a huge fan of both Rod and Charles Woodson, and I would root for the Raiders. You know, like I liked Rod Woodson when he played for the Steelers. Like you know, Rod Woodson and Daryl Green were like two of my favorite players. And when Rod Woodson came to the Raiders, I was fucking over the moon. Um, you know, when he won with uh, when he won the ring with uh, Baltimore, I was over the moon because like, all right, Rod finally got his ring. Like, that's awesome. But, you know, again, like you were saying, like, you know, I have a Rod Woodson Steelers jersey. I have a Rod Woodson Raiders jersey. I have a, I have two different Charles Woodson jerseys. Um, I don't have the Packers. one. I do have a Charles Woodson Packers action figure. Um but I always rooted for my team. It's like, well, you know, I love Charles Woodson, but he's playing against my team, so I can't root for him. Like if the the Patriots had played Tampa Bay, like that Which would they are next season at Gillette. That's amazing. That Brady's going to put up six touchdowns. Um, well, you're saying to fair with the fans. I'm curious to see what that crowd is. It's going to be Brady jerseys, like. 
And that's the thing. Like some of these guys will be like, well, I'll just wear my Brady jersey. So nobody calls me out for being a fair weather fan. And I can root for Brady, but I'm still wearing Patriots colors. You know, I'm sure that's how, you know, many of those folks think. I know. I just, I don't. If you root for a team, you root for a team. You know, my brother denies this up and down, but he was like, I'm a Bills fan because the Bills were good. And then the Bills lost two Super Bowls to the Cowboys. And he's I was like, going to say, when I met him, he was a Cowboys I'm fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. Then the Patriots started getting good. And, you know, Brady Brady showed up and everyone was like, ooh, well, now I'm a Patriots fan. It's like, well, you know, and this year he was rooting for the Bucks. He picked the Bucks to win every fucking game this year. I mean, he picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. You know, he was right in the end. I had the Saints, but, you know, he picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. It's like you're that that fast. You're abandoning your team. I mean, I was realistic. I thought my team might get into as a wild card, you know, because I'm realistic. But it's like he just completely abandoned his team. Somehow thought they were still going to win the division. I think he still picked them to win the division. But that was only because he was discounting every other team. It was like, nobody else in that division is any good. I'm like, uh, Buffalo's pretty damn good. <laughs> and Dolphins are getting better. But, you know, I, I I like it to be realistic. You know, look at, you know, like a lot of these folks are like, well, you can't, can't, can't possibly count Brady out. And, you know, apparently you're right. You know, he... He played pretty well. Like I listened to a couple of things on the radio. Folks were like, oh, I hope that like Bruce Arians, like Brady plays a great game, but Bruce Arian makes a dumb decision at the end that costs them the game. Like, you know, missing a timeout or calling a timeout in the wrong time, like going forward instead of kicking a field goal or whatever. Like, so you can keep the Brady Belichick thing going. It's like, oh, you need the coach too. You can't just do it all by yourself. And, you know, apparently that didn't work. So, James, as a as a Patriots fan and a a, a fan of Tom Brady, uh, I need to get your your thoughts on uh, him getting absolutely hammered. I assume he was just pounding re- uh, white claws. Uh, him getting absolutely hammered and uh, he was getting white girl wasted. Yeah, heaving the Super Bowl trophy off a boat. I thought I saw that, and I literally I was because I, I saw that come across my Twitter account. And I sat there and I'm like, what, what happened? And I saw it, I watched it. I'm like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Like, I love everything about it because you know why. And, it, it, and this is like one of the things like, you know, in one of the, one of the books I want to get is the Di- dynasty, the the book about the Patriots the last 20 years. Yep. And you just he's having fun and he's enjoying himself. And I'm like, dude, go have fun. Like if you didn't have fun in New England anymore, I'm glad you found somewhere to have fun and enjoy yourself. I would have died laughing if that sucker fell in the ocean and fell into the friggin' canal though. That would have been, cause I would have been like only in Tampa Bay. That would only happen in Tampa Bay. Um, Did you but hear- I love- go ahead. Good. Ahead. I love the drunk Brady. I was like, cause I thought, cause I saw him walk around. I'm like, what is this? And then you hear him like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, he is fucking wasted again. And I'll put it this way. It was on one Wednesday. It was 18 degrees in the city of Boston compared to the 78 degrees that was in Tampa Bay, which one do you think you're going to be able to drink more when it's 18 degrees for a Super Bowl parade or 78 and you're in a boat parade in Tampa Bay? Well, it all depends well, on 
And uh, the boat that he was on was the boat that he bought with his PPP loan, his million dollar PPP loan that he got. You know, small businesses are going under, but don't worry. Tom Brady, who whose family is worth, you know, close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. He needed that loan so he could buy yeah, another. Yeah. So, so, so I shouldn't have bought that uh, TV 12 seven shirt for thirty five dollars last night. <laughs> Should have spent that money on local businesses. Um, but no, I, I I thought it was ridiculous. And now, like, word comes out like, oh, Brady needs minor knee surgery. Do you think he fucked himself up while stumbling around drunk? Well, he even made he made a joke on his own Twitter account being like, I shouldn't have had that avocado tequila. Yeah, sure. It was avocado. He was pounding White Claws and you know it. Oh, man. White Claws and Bud Budweiser seltzer. Oh, man. I'm so wasted. It's like Flanders when he had the white wine spritzer and ended up marrying the, <laughs> marrying the cocktail waitress. Or no. Or, or, or was it was like, and Flanders full of shit or whatever he said. And Landers is a boring old bitty. <laughs> no, the uh, the one where they're in Vegas and he's like, I'll have a children's. No, a virgin. Oh, give me a white wine spritzer. Spritzer, spritzer, spritzer. No, did you hear like how he talks to Gronk, which just further further the stereotype that Gronk is a fucking six-year-old trapped in a 35-year-old mm, man's yo body. Soy fiesta. Huh? You see him at Disney World? He went to Disney World after the Super Bowl? No, I, I saw him. I heard about him fighting with lightsabers. I heard about that. No, I was talking about like on the field when he's like, oh, I got a couple of tutties. It's like touchdowns like tutties. Are you fucking four? Like I remember I remember watching that game. I looked at Jen because she was watching the couch. I was like, I wish New England had players like that. You know what? You know who he is? He's Master Blaster from fucking Road Warrior. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. So, Ashes, I know you have uh, something, and I posted this in the, the group earlier today, uh, because it's not getting much coverage uh, anywhere on ESPN, uh, but they did cover it on uh, the Young Turks uh, Sports. Uh, Rick Strom covered it today. Um, and that is the uh, case of Chad Wheeler. Um, would you like to elaborate a little bit on uh, what a fucking hunk of shit he is? Um, well, I feel like I should start off f first of all, and I'm going to try to keep this brief. I'm going to try to keep my uh, my my feminist rant short. Um, I am done with the NFL completely. Antonio Brown should not be celebrated and having a Super Bowl ring. Tom Brady is trash because he is the one who got Antonio Brown a job. Tyreek Hill should not have been in the Super Bowl because he is a garbage person. And I could go on. There are so many people, so many players, so many athletes who get a pass in the NFL because they make the NFL money and because they put butts in seats and because you fans out there still watch them. This is bullshit. It is garbage the yeah. fact that the nfl turns a blind eye to domestic abuse and sexual assault and all of this other bullshit that happens that these players do 
but they'll fucking and I don't destroy care. you over I don't fucking care that they had the first female referee at the Super Bowl this past Sunday. That's fantastic, but that does not make up for all of these women whose lives have been ruined by these NFL players who were not held accountable for their actions. This is bullshit. Now, going to Chad Wheeler. Chad Wheeler, who pretty much killed his girlfriend, thought he killed his girlfriend, mm -hmm. and then just left her for dead. And when she awoke from the, you know, coma that she had, had been in, state, yeah. um, you know, and, and showed signs of life, he turned to her and said, oh, you're still alive? While sipping a smoothie. No, no remorse. No, no, nothing. And of course, he's pulling the, well, oh, it was my mental state. I was manic. I was blah, 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 blah. I don't fucking care. And what's worse is, you know, he is a white man and she is a black woman. So obviously she is not going to get her justice that she deserves because, you know, our society hates black people to begin with, especially black women. And so I was going to say to touch on what uh, Rick Strom was saying. You know, the situation that they found him in now, uh, to give you an idea, Chad Wheeler is six foot seven, 315 pounds. Uh, his girlfriend, whose name is totally escaping me right now, uh, is five, five, six. Uh, I think she's like five, 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 six, 140. Yeah. Uh, so he's monstrously bigger than her. But he's also when, a professional athlete. When the police came, it took three of them trying to tackle him down. And he was still able to, and the cops said this in their report, we had about 700 pounds on top of him and he was getting up like we weren't even there. And the NFL has done nothing. He, what? what? Uh, and they tried tasing him and it didn't work. Now, what's odd to me, if this situation, if this had been, say, I don't know, a black lineman, he'd probably be dead at this point which is only further uh, exacerbating the whole thing that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling to protest in the first place, the separate justice system mm -hmm. for black and white people. Now, you know, you're afraid for your, you know, you fear for your life and you have to fire random uh, gunshots at people who are in their car or sleeping or just used, you know, sold loose cigarettes or potentially, uh, used a, a counterfeit $20 bill, but not this 300-pound man who just uh, nearly killed his girlfriend. Her uh, Destroyed her arm. Like, her left arm is full of pins and uh, the other And you want to know why? Because she wouldn't bow to him. Yeah, he told her, bow to me. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he, he ordered her to bow to him, and she wouldn't do it. So he wrapped his hands around her throat and the cops could see the finger marks on her throat and on her neck, but they didn't fear for their lives. That was okay. Like they couldn't possibly use, you know, excessive force against this guy, even though he was manhandling three of them, you know, after being tased, that's not enough to use excessive force, but sitting in your car, sleeping in your own home or eating ice cream in your own home, that's a call for excessive force. But the NFL has done nothing. So he has been released by the Seahawks. They said they were saddened. Yes. Yeah. They, 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 you know, pretty much sent out a report saying, sorry about it. He's gone and nothing. The we're NFL saddened. has done. We hope that he gets the help he needs. Right. 
nothing nothing for the victim just we hope that he gets the help that he needs and the nfl has done nothing and the nfl continues to do nothing and we keep seeing this over and over and over and over and over again these players getting a pass because they make the nfl money the only one who was really held accountable for his actions was michael vick and that is because we hold animals in higher regard than we do women yes and not only did he do his time, but he became an NFL. He went back to the NFL. Yeah, he came back because he could still play. He could still play. So he held a workout and a bunch of teams showed up. And, you know, I was proud because my Raiders were one of the first teams. It's like, yeah, we don't want him. He's not going to play for us. So I was like, okay, that's great. That's excellent. But even a guy, you know, Adrian Peterson, you know, beat the shit out of his four-year-old with a switch. He's still playing. Um I mean, he bounced around a few times, and he's not the same player he used to be. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, we've talked about him a bunch of times, punching his pregnant girlfriend in the stomach and saying, oh, I learned I shouldn't punch my pregnant girlfriend in the stomach. That was his rookie year. Well, a few years ago, he starts punching the child who was then born, you know, telling her that, you know, there's nothing that she can do about it, and he'll kill her too. You know, but he's still playing in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Antonio Brown nearly killed a toddler, and we saw all the shit that he did over – you know, a six month period, we saw everything that he did. And Tom Brady's like, yeah, that's the guy I want to live in my house with my kids and my wife. You know, he's got allegations of sexual assault. Ben Roethlisberger uh, was uh, accused of rape and he got a six game suspension, which is then brought down to a four game suspension or two games, whatever it was. And let's not even go into Ray Rice. Yeah. Ray Rice is the only one who was actually kicked out of the league after uh, what he did. Uh, and that's because he wasn't that good anymore. Now, what's crazy is Ray Rice has been kicked out of the league because what happened was on video. And then, but don't worry, his girlfriend that he beat unconscious and dragged down the hallway by her hair, she apologized at the press conference. She apologized. Not him. She did. Um, so Ray Rice is out of the league. Colin Kaepernick knelt on the knelt at the anthem. That's unforgivable. He's out of the league. Uh Josh Gordon, he smoked pot a few times. That's unforgivable. He's out of the league. Like the NFL really needs to revamp its policies towards certain things. And this is a great way to begin. You know, do what you need to do. Get the garbage out of the NFL. And maybe, just maybe, I'll start watching again. But I can't do it. I cannot do it. This whole Chad Wheeler thing has just put me over the fucking edge. I cannot do it. This is absolutely disgusting. Do better. Do better. Yeah, and I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with you with that, James. What are uh, what are your thoughts? Um, it really boils down to the NFL, and the NFL won't do anything until it gets hurt where it gets hurt, it gets hurt the most is the is the pocketbook, and it's they keep saying they're going to look into this stuff and it's, you know, it's false words. You know, they're not going to do anything because they're still making money hand over fist. Um, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier. If, if this enrages you, like it does and you know, then don't watch, don't support their sponsors. Don't do that stuff because the only way you're going to get change is especially mm -hmm. with the NFL. It's such a monster is you have to get it where it hurts the most is it's pocketbook. And, but the problem is it's such a big monster, you know, it's one of those things where the, the, you have to have sponsors to speak up and sponsors aren't even doing that. They're all turning a blind eye to this stuff. 
and it's getting worse and worse with the advent of social media because there is nowhere to, for the player to hide. We have evidence. We can get police reports. We can do this stuff, and the NFL still turns a blind eye to it because you're because you know why? Because it's not affecting their bottom line, and that's what needs to happen to to institute more of these changes. Is the and for fans. Yeah, don't watch. Don't buy their memorabilia. Don't support their teams. If a large amount of people, enough people do that, things will change. The policies will change. And and that's what sucks is not a lot of people care. And and you're, you're seeing that because – and it goes back to the anthem protests. When all those, f- f- all those players were like, we're going to kneel in the anthem as a sign of unity – and this is our platform to do it. Remember all the people like, I'm never going to watch the game again, blah, 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 all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. They, they still made money. They still had record sales. They still, like, people still bought jerseys. Nobody, like, nobody stopped nobody. watching. Exactly. And, 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 and it's so, so for their point is, yeah, you know, Chad Wheeler is a piece of garbage and he should be punished and, you know, fucking castrated and put in, you know, the County stocks and beaten every day for what he did. And in for the NFL, oh, the Seahawks released him. Hey, he's no longer a member of the NFL. He's no longer our employee. We have no control over him. He's now a private citizen. Like we have no responsibilities, and and that's what they do now. That's what the NFL does. If you fuck up, hey, just release him, and then he's out of our hand. That means the NFL doesn't need to do anything. But if he's still right, a player, free, on to it. he's still able to be picked up by some other team. Right, and that's what they did with with Antonio Brown. They're like, all right, if you sign him, he can only play half a season for you. That's the best we can do. Sorry. But again, but, but still the NFL is not in that fucking league and they'll suspend him for years at a time for smoking weed and drinking. A hundred percent. And I, and, and I agree that the NFL's priorities are way out of whack and you know, they need a dose of reality, but the NFL is on planet NFL. Like, you know, Roger Goodell is a useless, useless commissioner because he is controlled by the powerful owners and the owners don't want to see any of this. So they just sweep it under the rug because they don't want to hurt the ratings at the end of the day. Yeah, because most of the owners are old white men who have had the team for decades or inherited the team from their dads. And have really bad haircuts. Well, I'm just in general. Um, you know, Felger calls them <laughs> a lucky sperm club. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, they, they uh, you know... The, they've been raised in this culture. Who is it? McNair uh, from the Titans that was like, you know, calling no, it. McNair is uh, Houston. Okay. I knew it was, you know, they, they were the for the Titans. Yes. Yes. Steve McNair of Alcorn State. Um, you know, talking about, you know, like the way they viewed their teams, you know, and like, you know, certain players are like, well, we don't want them to be called the team owners anymore. We had a whole discussion about that. It's like, well, they own the team. They don't own the players. Like, you know, the players are employees. So like, I get where you're saying, especially as a, as a black player, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, Oh, that's your owner. Like that. I totally get, but you know, the, the affiliation that some of these guys have and like the deep seated, like, you know, very conservative views. A guy like Jerry Jones, mm. um, you know, McNair again, uh, Bob McNair, who I think has passed on since then. Um, Robert Kraft, who may not be as overt about it, 
but like he gave Trump a Super Bowl ring, like you know, you know, like this is where their loyalties lie because they're billionaires and they love the tax cuts and you know Robert Kraft like. You know, craft food, craft mac and cheese, like that's him. No, that's a different craft. Are you sure? Positive. No. He craft. Uh, his company was like paper or management. It wasn't food. Because I do know that. Uh, uh, somebody. And also, that Super Bowl ring was Super Bowl. I think it was like thirty nine. I don't care. I'm just, you were saying like, I'm just, you got to put it in context. You still gave him. It wasn't president then. Yeah, it's still gross. He was still gross then. I'm not saying he's not gross, but it's the the way you implied it was he gave it like when they won and beat the Seahawks and they were the only team to go to the the White House in his presidency. No, that's, but yeah, it's just, it's slimy. It's slimy. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying it's right. I'm just stating no, you got that's, that's and that's fair. We want to be we want to be fair. He gave it to him before then, but you know. And then he gave to Putin. Well, Putin took one. He's like, was, hey, let me see that. Hey, thanks. Oh, can I have it back? Have what back? Who are you? Goodbye. Here, drink this. Yeah. But uh but yeah, like the NFL needs to change the way they handle and, things. And here's the thing too. Do you know another way to do it? Hey, you're great at fo- and this is and this is why I wish, and this is why I hope like the XFL or another league will join up and compete against it because you have star players going to this other league. They're going to be desperate for talent, and if the reason why they're not going to the league is because of how they handle domestic violence, how they handle, uh, you know incidents of you know race relations uh you know drug policies and stuff like that that are major issues where players are not being held accountable and owners aren't being held accountable they'll go through another league and play there and make money and then what's the nfl gonna do well like, you have to get a league that is built up like they you know a lot of people have tried the usfl tried um, and that didn't work because they just couldn't compete with the juggernaut. That's the NFL. You know, a lot of leagues have tried. Like, how many times have we seen the XFL or the AAFL and like all these other leagues have tried to compete? And it's oh, I'm with you. Like I said, and but again, it goes back to how do you hurt these people the most? Yeah, it's because just... they all they own all the radio stations, they own all the newspapers, they own all the TV stations. Mm-hmm. So the message is going to get manipulated to a point in which it's going to make them look like the good guys. And it's the, the like you said before, they're not talking about this anywhere else. Yeah. It should be ESPN. It's not on ESPN. And the only reason it was on, uh, you know, like some of the Ray Rice stuff showed up on ESPN was because there was video and it was being covered even on like CNN and, you know, other, other stations like this, you know, so, you know, it was a national story, so they had to like devote some time to it. But again, again, and, and and this is where we talk about the you know the drug and stuff like this. And again, this is my mount, and you can see where I'm going with this. But hey, deflated footballs are worse than what that guy did. Just think think about that. Yeah, they did. They gave Brady four games, and Roethlisberger got two. And he, it, it, no, he got he got sick down the four games, but he also was accused of rape twice. Yeah, 
and he's still in the league. That was like twelve years ago. Yep, he can. What he what he cornered one woman in a bar, and then like a year later or a year and a half later, he did the same thing somewhere else. Yeah, and again, he's six five, two hundred and seventy pounds. You know, he's yep. not a small guy. So, yeah, the, the the NFL is a unbelievably terrible company. Um, so, but, but again, it's, it's one of those anywhere, and you know, it's very difficult to make an impact. But enough people do it, they'll you know, things will change. But oh, not yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, for 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 like Ash, it's you know, if a, if if a million people with Ash's anger and hate that I heard from her when she was talking about this stood up and yelled at the NFL, stuff shit would change. But there's not there's not that many people realistically who are NFL fans really care, and that's that. Yeah, and it's you know they care again. You know it's it's a reflection. People kneeling for the national anthem. Yeah, not- that's what they focus on, and the ref- and they they make it seem like those are equitable things, and that's what they focus on. Like, oh, this guy knelt on the, knelt on the during the national anthem. He he took a knee during that song. I like. It's like yeah, but the guy across the field like beat the shit out of his girlfriend. Yeah, but. You know, that happens all the time. Like, that's just, you know, the way things are. But this guy knelt during the national anthem. Like, he shouldn't be doing that. Like, and that's what they push. And like you were saying, like, they control all the media outlets because a lot of these guys, you know, like Werner owns the Boston Globe. So the Globe's not going to say anything bad about the Red Sox because they own the team. Like, there's so many of these, uh, these guys that they have these multiple outlets. And, like, that's how they made their money. And then they get into sports. And they're able to kind of control the narrative, you know, because they have this influence, whether they own it or not, they have the influence because they're billionaires and they give money to senators and they give money to, you know, these different organizations, you know, but uh, yeah, so I think uh, this is a pretty good time to, uh, to wrap things up. Uh, James, tell people where they can follow you and, uh, you know, where they can interact with your show. Uh, so you can follow me personally uh, at Longtime Storm for the tweets and the Instagrams. Um, nothing exciting goes on there. A lot of times I just retweet fun co-pop things to win free fun co-pops. Free fun co- <laughs> That's fair. Probably. Or, 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 or I get fantasy news that breaks before games. That's where I get my news. I don't really do much other than that. Um, uh, but if you want to follow my show, it's, it's Go Time with Jay and James. Just put that in your little search bar. Um, in Facebook, it's up there as well as we are on all podcast floor flames, floor flames, floor flames, uh, Flo- platforms, including uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those places. Um, you can, uh, we're on Instagram at it's go time pod. Um, but hopefully, uh, Patsy will share our show that was on, he was on this past week, as well as uh, all my links, hopefully, will be somewhere in the chats, up or down, left, right, up and down below. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. And, and then I'll every Wednesday with the normal Dorkening show whenever um, I yell at Leo for spoiling crap. So, yeah, and we just uh, we just interviewed Larry Kenny this week, the voice of Lion O and the Skittles guy, as he kept calling us all by different names. Yes, uh, Super Retro was Soup, James was J, and, and I were Patsy. <laughs> 
and then he called me soups and then he called you i think he was like what was your name again yeah he called you soup because he thought uh steven had said something but uh so yeah um do you have a hot take, a prediction, or disagree with something we said? Well, then let us know. Email us at theloudestsportshow at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media, Twitter at loudest underscore show, Instagram at theloudestsportshow. Uh, this has been episode 24. Uh, Slash, you got anything else you want to close off with before we head out? Do better. Yep, that's a good, uh, that's a good, good idea. So we will uh, wrap this up and uh, peace out. We're out of here.